0: We yeah.
1: to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native land of China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of 3 decades before bringing the ministry to the West in 1962. The Life Study of the Bible is a significant contribution to the heritage of Bible exposition and we're delighted to be able to bring short portions of this spoken ministry to you from the Life Study of Philippians on today's broadcast. Before we join today's program, we'd like to offer you our free monthly newsletter, The Hearing of Faith. To receive your free copy, just call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That number again is 1-888-543-3788. Now, let's join today's life study. Does God only want to save us from perdition, or does he
2: also want to save us moment by moment and day by day? Salvation from eternal perdition is wonderful, but after we're saved eternally, we need a daily practical salvation. Stay with us for some practical fellowship today to help us in our Christian walk every day and joining us for... Another life study program from the book of Philippians is Francis Paul. Francis, we have a very good word today, don't we?
3: I would say an excellent word.
2: We're going to focus on the pattern that Christ set up for us, and it's described in Philippians by the Apostle Paul. Maybe I'll get right to these scriptures, and these verses, I think, will give our listeners the context of our study today. In chapter 2 of Philippians, verses 5 through 11, Paul says, "...let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus." who, existing in the form of God, did not consider being equal with God a treasure to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, becoming in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death, and that the death of a cross. Therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should openly confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I've always loved this passage, Francis. I'm uh, very eager to get into the unveiling, the opening up of such marvelous verses.
3: Yeah, let's hear what Brother Lee has to say.
0: This book of Philippians is a book on the experience of Christ. And uh, in this book, there is such a portion that shows us the very Christ as our pattern. If we are going to live Christ, if we are going to experience Christ, surely we must first see a pattern. A pattern is set up in this book right in front of us. And we all have to be impressed with this pattern. Well, have you realized that in all the 66 books, there's not such a page that gives us such a wonderful picture of Christ? In a short way, who is he? You have to say, he's God. He's nothing less than God. God is he. And he is God. He is just God. But, listen, he, what? emptied himself. What does this mean? This simply means he didn't consider his equality with God as something that he has to grasp. He didn't grasp his equality with God. Rather, he put that aside. But it doesn't mean he became no more God. It doesn't mean that. It means he put his equality with God aside. In other words, he put his outward expression of God, the form of God, he put that aside. You see, he put the form of God aside to become a man. You know, when he put away the excellent form of God, at that time, he didn't have the human nature. It was after that, he got incarnated, and he put on the human nature. And he brought the human nature to the cross to shed his blood for all redemption. And he accomplished that, and he was buried, and he was raised up, and he was what? Uplifted to the third heaven to be brought back to the form of God in glory. Now, this is our Savior. And this is the pattern of our Christian life. What can pattern? This pattern of our Christian life is... A God-man Savior, self empty self-humbled, and God-exalted, and God-glorified. This is our Savior, and this is the pattern of our Christian life.
2: Francis, what a pattern that the man, Christ Jesus, is for our Christian life. Spend a few moments and uh, draw attention to this marvelous pattern that we have seen here.
3: This is a marvelous pattern. There's none comparable. Of all the philosophers, famous people, nobody can compare with this pattern. This pattern is really an all inclusive pattern, and I would say an all exclusive pattern also. He excludes everything in his way, his living. Everything worldly is excluded, everything fleshly. Everything's sinful. This one who was equal with God didn't think being on an equality with God was something he needed to grasp. Chris, I was just thinking about this while Brother Lee was speaking, that uh, this is exactly opposite to what Lucifer was who became Satan. He grasped after being like the Most High or even above the Most High. Mm -hmm. But the Lord Jesus, who was equal with God, who is God, didn't grasp being equal with God, did not regard it something he had to attain to. He was that. But he's also man. Mm -hmm. He emptied himself and became a man. He emptied himself not of his divinity in actuality or in essence, but in expression he emptied himself. He didn't come appearing as God, but he became a man, even a slave. Just look at the downward steps he took in order to meet our need. He came to such an extent without any exalting of Himself, but as simply presenting uh, God in His human living. He's a God-man, and He has given us His life. By His death and resurrection, we have been those who have been brought into the same life that He has. He is divine and human, and we're human and divine. So we're the same as He is. So, of course, He's our pattern. The marvelous thing is we're going to see how this pattern can be worked out.
2: That is tremendous. I just have to draw attention one more time, uh, highlight in one other color uh, his expression here, a concept that I think many people grapple with a little bit about what he laid aside here in this verse. He did not lay being God aside, as he said, but he laid the expression of God or the form of God aside in order to assume our expression and our form, as you said, bringing his divinity down into humanity so that our humanity could be brought up when he takes those steps upward. Right. Tremendous, isn't it?
3: It really is marvelous.
2: It's a marvelous aspect of our salvation that uh, I think it's too often overlooked.
3: And I think in this light, we need to realize he really is the true pattern from which everyone who receives him is brought into.
2: In the coming section, Francis, we're going to see an important link in some additional verses in chapter 2. I want to read those and then point out a particular emphasis that we're going to see. Uh, Now we're in chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. So then, my beloved, even as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much rather in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who operates in you, both the willing and the working, for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and reasonings. Francis, we're going to see that the working out of our salvation results in our doing all things without murmurings and reasonings. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: From verse 5 through verse 11, after the portrait of such a pattern, verse 12 says, so then, you have to underline these two small words, so then, so then, so then, my beloved, you must, you have always obeyed, not only as in my presence, but now much rather in my absence, so then work out your own salvation. You tell me, what is this salvation? This salvation is just its pattern. You see, you have to work out this pattern. This pattern has to be reprinted. And you have to be the reprint of this pattern. The very salvation that you have to work out is just Christ as your pattern. This is not the salvation that saves us from God's condemnation, nor the salvation that saves us out of hell. Paul says, as you have obeyed, you have always obeyed, you better obey now. Obey what? Obey the pattern. Obey the pattern. The pattern is always self-emputing and self-humble. No memory, anymore. no reasoning. The Lord Jesus, as our pattern, he never remembered. He never reasoned. He was self-emputing. And he was self-humble. And this is the pattern. And we have to obey this pattern. A pattern always self empty and self-humbled without any reason. Then you obey. And this is a kind of obedience to work out your own salvation. When you obey the pattern this way, spontaneously, you work out a salvation. You work out salvation to rescue you from what? Not from the hell but from your personal memory and your subjective reasoning. We all need such a salvation.
2: Francis, I'd like to echo this fact. We all need such a salvation from personal murmurings and subjective reasoning. I'd say most, if not all, of our listeners today have heard the gospel of grace, the gospel that saves us from hell and perdition. But Paul's word here in Philippians chapter 2 is not about being saved eternally. It's about being saved in a more subjective, day-by-day way. He gave us a pattern of Christ, and then he said, so then work out your salvation without murmurings and reasonings. Francis, give us an illustration of this kind of salvation from your experience.
3: It's wonderful that we can actually realize that we do have this kind of experience. I think this is uh, one of the key things about this ministry, that it brings us into subjective experiences of Christ so that we realize when we're not living according to this pattern. And he uses these words, and Paul uses these words the same, mm-hmm. uh, because they really describe our complicated living, right. murmurings and reasonings. Right. I don't know how many times you say give something about my personal experience, uh, I could give you some from this morning, (laughs) but I can tell you the truth that uh, this is the thing that we need to be saved from. He pointed out in that message, as I remember when we were in this uh, training at this time, that murmurings are usually on the part of the sisters and the reasoning on the part of the brothers or the husbands and the wives. (laughs) And this is true. We hear some little murmur, I don't know why they did this way. Why do you think that way? And then immediately the answer is a reasoning explaining why. But this kind of thing keeps you from living and putting aside yourself and living Christ. So I don't know a better term that could be used to describe our daily living and how we need to put this aside and take the pattern for our living. I think we'll see before we get through today how we can take this pattern and how it can be worked out in a matter of working out our own salvation.
2: It's the testimony of experience that we wish we didn't have to give, but your connection here of murmurings and reasonings was very appropriate. A murmuring always, it seems, leads to a reasoning, some kind of self-justification or some kind of way to find blame with some other party than ourselves, doesn't it?
3: That's right. And uh, Brother Lee linked it to the women, a murmuring, and the reasoning on the part of the brothers. But I found that it works the other way too. (laughs) The murmuring comes out of the husband, and the reasoning comes back from the wife. These two things really cause a lot of problems in our daily living.
2: Well, let's get on to our final section today, Francis, because this is the portion that's really full of good news. As we termed it the other day, this is kind of the gospel for the believers, I would say, the good news for the believers. It focuses on God operating in us in a very practical way as the word of life that appears in one of the following verses, chapter 2, verse 16. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for our conclusion today.
0: At the beginning of verse 13, you have the word fall. For it is God. And this little word 4 connects the two verses together. And it gives the reason why and how we can work out our salvation. Why? Because God is operating in you. Salvation is the pattern. Now God is the what? Is the operator. Of the salvation, and I have to say this: salvation is a pattern, and God is the operating salvation. This salvation is just God Himself operating in you. The operating God in you is your real salvation. Nearly this only place in the New Testament that tells us God is working within us. But in all the other portions, always it says either Christ or the Spirit. It is only here that says it is God who operates in you. For years, I was not clear why Paul used this title God, not the Spirit. Now understand, Paul rendered this way with a purpose. To show us that the very Christ Who is the pattern of our salvation Is the very God who is operating in us When Christ set up something there As our pattern He is our pattern When he comes into us Operating within He is the operating God Here he is God On the cross he is Christ On the cross he was Christ and within us, he is God. He was Christ on the cross, setting up an example, a pattern for us. And he is God within us to carry out that pattern. How God operates in you. How God works in you. God works in you by his word. God operates in you by being the word of life. What is the word of life? That is operating God. And where is God? God is embodied in the word of life. The word of life is just embodiment of the operating God. You can never separate God from his word. God is embodied in his word. And the Bible is just the embodiment of God. Where is God? It's hard for us to apprehend. Where is God? God is too mysterious. But thank God, he has embodied himself in the Bible. The Bible is the embodiment, the condensation of the invisible and mysterious God. I can testify from my experience that whenever I open up myself and come to this word, to the Bible, I touch God. When I come to the Bible, God works with me. What is this? This is the practical salvation.
2: Francis, I love this conclusion today, ending with a practical salvation. I think of only a handful of our listeners Get the good news that's being spread here today. There will be some revolutionized lives out there. Francis, give us a concluding word here on this gospel of practical salvation that operates through God working in us in conjunction with his word, the Bible.
3: Well, it's very, very practical to see this aspect of our salvation because uh, some get stopped in uh, the preceding verse when he says it's God who's operating in us thinking that we have to work out our salvation by our own energy Mm -hmm. and by trying to imitate Christ. It's not a matter of imitation by self-effort. It's a matter of God operating in us. And this God who is operating in us is Christ because he is God. And this Christ is also the Word. So the Word operates in us, and that's God operating in us. And uh, when you begin to complain or murmur or reason, something within you says, stop. Mm -hmm. That's God's operating. So when we pay attention to that operating God within us, we will spontaneously live out the word of life. Life will be the result that will come. And that life will be the living out of Christ. I hope this is clear because I think this is the most revolutionary experience that I've had since I became a Christian, is to realize that it is God operating in me. That inner sense that I get, either to stop or to go, Uh that's the operating God. And this works out my daily salvation. Thank the Lord I was saved from eternal perdition many, many years ago. But day by day I'm being saved in a practical way, by this operating God as my salvation and as the word of life. And spontaneously, by this operation, I can live Christ.
2: Yeah, didn't something rise up in you when he was speaking there about whenever he comes to the Bible open, he touches God and this operating is engaged or energized, something to this effect. Yes,
3: that's right, because the words the Lord Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So when we turn to the Word of God, which is the Bible, we get God's operation in us if we're open.
2: You know, we had a contact with a a young girl, a Christian, not too long ago. And this matter of how Paul used these terms, when he used the Spirit in you and when it was Christ in you and when it was God in you, God operating in this case, I really enjoyed his presentation here. Uh, At times it seems Paul does this somewhat almost randomly, but when you get into the the light that's there, it's never by accident and never random. She happened to have a study Bible, and there was a footnote in this study Bible, Francis. Its conclusion was that Paul was generally a little confused on this topic. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, I was very grateful for the Bible that we've been given and the interpretation that's been handed down to us in the recovery version. The footnotes that we have on these verses don't indicate any kind of confusion, do they?
3: Not at all. Rather, we get the light, and when this happens to us, we realize this is the word of life.
2: Mm. These uh, programs that we are getting into on the really the experiential side and the help to bring us into the experiential side in Philippians are so marvelous. The time seems to fly by, and we just get glimpses and bits and pieces. As we've indicated, there must be listeners out there who have been hanging on the edge of their seats uh, waiting for another piece because it, it helps clarify so many things that have been a puzzle in our Christian life. And yet, when the Word is opened up in an unveiled way like this, what tremendous practical helps we're getting each day, aren't we?
3: Yes, we are. When you've summarized this whole message today, it's just Christ who is our salvation and God who is operating this salvation in us, and this is producing the word of life.
2: Francis, uh, will you come back again in a day or two and help us with another one of these marvelous messages?
3: I'd love to. It's very refreshing.
2: Yeah, it is for me too. Whenever you're here, thanks again. Uh, As we close, let me give you the toll-free number and invite you to contact us for the material that we have available and also just to uh, give us your fellowship and your own experiences. We love, we genuinely do, to hear from you. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. Please join us again tomorrow. We're continuing in the Life Study of Philippians. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening.
1: Philippians 1.20, the Apostle Paul said, In nothing I will be put to shame, but with all boldness, as always, even now, Christ will be magnified in my body. How can Christ be magnified? How can he be made greater than he already is? Although he is great and worthy of all praise and honor, he still needs to be magnified in our experience of him. He needs to be enlarged in our practical daily living, and according to Paul's word in Philippians 1.19, such a practical experience is our salvation. In a series of messages given in 1978, Witness Lee conducted a detailed study of Paul's epistle to the Philippians, revealing its emphasis on the experience of Christ. These messages have been published in the book, The Experience of Christ, which is available at Christian bookstores everywhere or You can order a copy from Living Stream Ministry by calling 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. To receive a free catalog of Living Stream Ministry books by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, call our toll-free number 1-888-543-3788. Call today.